Chapter 47 The Gifts of the Ascended One You have ascended on high, you have led captive your captives. You have received gifts among men, even among the rebellious also, that the Lord God may dwell there. Psalm 68, 18. This psalm is of and for Messiah. It is He whose name is Jah, the Lord God of Israel. He is addressed throughout this psalm as God. It is this psalm that the apostle quotes in Ephesians 4, 8, and interprets it to be of Christ and His ascension. It is Christ whom David here addresses. You have ascended on high. 1. The Ascension. This is the last point of Messiah's earthly history, and it sums up the whole. But according to the interpretation of Paul, it includes everything that went before. What does it mean except that he also had descended? Ephesians 4 9, emphasis added. The ascent reminds us of a descent. He descended to Bethlehem, and then he descended to Joseph's tomb. After that, everything was ascension, and the expression of our text includes, or rather expresses, resurrection. He went down into the lower parts of the earth. He came up again, and then he went on high. This ascending was the completion of his work, the carrying out of his love, the Father's testimony of personal acceptance and delight, and his seal to the absolute perfection of the work for which he descended. It was a real ascension, a glorious one, a very exalted one, far above all principalities and powers to the Father's throne. We do see him crowned with glory and honor. Hebrews 2 9. All heaven is his, and he has entered into possession of his heavenly inheritance. All power is given to him in heaven and in earth. He fills all things. The universe is now his. 2. The triumph. You have led captive. Whether this refers to his leading forth his redeemed out of their captivity, or leading into captivity those who held them bound, the triumph is the same, and the words point to the same event, the same enemies, the same battle, the same victory. It is Messiah's triumph over his enemies, the Father's and ours. The warfare is that predicted in paradise, between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. That warfare concerns us. It is for us. He who fights is the captain of our salvation. The battle went on during the ages before He came. It came to a head on the cross. It is not yet finished, and the full consummation of the triumph is reserved for His second coming, when He binds Satan and casts him into the bottomless pit. Then will He complete His triumph and show that He is more than conqueror. Meanwhile, His victory upon the cross is ours. He has fought our battle and won our victory. Take courage, I have overcome the world. John 16.33. What enemy can prevail? No weakness of ours can dismay us. We glory in our infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon us. Let us then fight the good fight. The foe is already bruised by our captain. It is only with his broken and scattered troops that we have to fight. 3. The recompense. You have received gifts among men, even among the rebellious also. Thus the Father rewards his faithful service. 
Not only does he receive the Spirit without measure for himself, but also the gifts of the Spirit for others. This is the apt recompense of his self-emptying. He emptied himself. Therefore the Father has filled him, filled him with the Spirit, filled him with the Spirit's mighty and manifold gifts. Much of the Spirit was given before he came. We read of the Spirit filling holy men, but much was reserved for his glorification, so that the connection between him and the gift of the Spirit might be manifested. When he was glorified, the Pentecostal shower came down, and the residue of the Spirit was given. This fullness of the Spirit was one for men, not for angels, but for men, not for heaven, but for earth. It was as the ascended God-man that he received the Spirit, for those whose nature he took. I will pour out my Spirit on all mankind, Joel 2.28, emphasis added, not on the unfallen, but the fallen sons of Adam, and two for the rebellious, for those who stand farthest off, full of hostility and resistance, not for the good, but for the evil. As of the Son of Man on earth, so of Him in heaven, we may say, He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Luke 19.10. Not to call the righteous, but sinners. Matthew 9.13. Thus Christ has received the Spirit for sinners, as Egypt's corn was entrusted to Joseph for the hungry. Go to him who has the seven spirits of God. Deal with him who freely dispenses this spirit. Come to the waters. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. John 7:37. And for the final result, that the Lord God may dwell there. God had been driven from earth, from among men. His object is to return. Everything that he has done in and through Christ is to secure that return. He does this, one, by incarnation. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. John 1, 14. God thus lived with men. Two, by the cross. It is the propitiation that makes it a righteous thing for God thus to dwell. It is the blood that brings it about. No blood, no indwelling. And three, by the Holy Spirit. It is this that is referred to in our text. The Spirit purchased by the blood comes down and comes in. He has been doing this in individual souls. They are the habitation of the Spirit, temples of the Holy Spirit. He is yet to do so more conspicuously when Jesus comes the second time. Then this prophecy will be fulfilled. The tabernacle of God will be with men. God will be with them, their God. Earth will be full of the Holy Spirit and glorious with His gifts.